garden of Gethsemane. They led him to a cross, which he took willingly for our salvation. He laid his life down. His precious blood fell like tears to the ground. make a joyful noise. Brother Ken. Amen. In your blue songbook this morning, hymn number 183, Oh How I Love Jesus, we'll sing the first, second, and last verse this morning, page 183, Oh How I Love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its word, it sounds 
tunes like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. blood, the sinner's perfectly. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can fill my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Do you love them this morning? Say amen. amen. Welcome to church on the Lord today. Thank you for being here. Let me give you just a couple of quick uh, prayer requests. I shared these during Sunday school, but I want these on your radar screens. Uh, pray for, of course, continue to pray for Brother Johnny Martin as he continues uh, his uh, battle with his cancer. Uh, lots of folks tend to go out on Sunday afternoons. They've asked me to let you know that they've got a family event today, so he won't be able to entertain visitors this afternoon, but he asked me also to extend an appreciation to those who've been so kind to come visit with him and continue to pray for him, if you would. And then pray for Sister Marsha Rourke. Uh, her father passed away during the night last night, uh, rather unexpectedly. Uh, his wife woke up and found him had passed away this morning. So pray for that family. We'll keep you updated. Of course, he's had significant health issues that he's been battling. I want you to pray for our services today. We want the Lord in our midst. And if he's here, all things will be done right. Brother Tim, you take us to the throne of grace this morning. Brother Tim. Now, gracious Heavenly Father, God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be in your house this morning. We thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And, God, we pray that you will be with the prayer requests that were mentioned this morning to be with Sister Rourke and her family with the passion of her dad, God. Just reach down and touch them today and show them an extra measure of grace. I pray, God, that you'll be with Pop today, Lord, and just, just watch, watch over here. And God, help him during this time of need. He's been a faithful servant of yours, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would just, just reach down and love him today, Lord, and just help him through this time. Be with his family, God, and just help them to know what to do. And I pray, God, that you, your name will be lifted up in this situation. And God, your will will be done. And we'll give you the honor and praise for what's happening. We thank you, God, for your love what you do for us every Amen. day. Yes. I pray, God, that you'll be here with us in this service this morning. I thank you for everyone that's made the effort to be here today. And, God, I pray that you'll just open our hearts and minds to your will. And, God, when the message is brought today, Lord, just have something there for each one of us. And we pray, God, that we were here today just to bring honor and praise yes. to your name. 
We thank you, Lord, for loving us when we're so undeserving. And I pray, God, you'll just be with us today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to listen to these two songs, two of my absolute favorites. In fact, if we only had sing two more, these would probably be the two that we sing. You listen to Lisa this morning as she sings, Did I Mention?
All right, one more song this morning. Uh, I told you a few months ago, this was my new obsession. I'm, I just absolutely love this song. For every child of God, there are times where we just have to get away from the pressures of this world, where our enemy longs to destroy the peace that passes all understanding. And I'm so glad that each and every time the psalmist tells us that there's a place where we can run under his wings, and there he'll hide us. You listen now as the quartet and choir sing, He Will Hide Me. Suffering lost but not hopeless I am David crying mercy Lord on me I am Elijah in a Stronger when all of my 
Amen. Thank you so much, choir. Wonderful job. Appreciate that so very much. Let me give you some quick announcements this morning. First of all, uh, we're delighted that you're with us. If you're visiting here, you're never more welcome than what you are this morning. We appreciate you taking time to be with us today. I got lots of announcements. Most of these are new, so bear with us if you would, please. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I am needing still a couple more folks who will sign up uh, to help with the college meals. We need someone for this Tuesday, I think. I didn't look this morning, uh, but we need one or two more dates. If you'd help us out with that, I'd sure appreciate it. Please sign up today if you would. Uh, don't forget that our church is partnering with County Line Christian Church to help in their clothes closet. Specific sizes uh, that are needed are there. Thank you so much to those that have already contributed. A uh, couple of activities are happening this weekend we want to bring to your attention. First of all, this coming Saturday morning, there'll be a teen and young, young adult activity, a progressive game day that starts at 9 a.m. downstairs. Spending money is needed for that, and I think the teenagers are are aware of that and then also a uh, initial get together for the uh, college and career class uh, that will be in that age is uh, from a 20 to 40 uh, they will meet uh, this on Saturday, Feb February the 2nd at 5 o'clock, uh, and then they want to meet real quickly right up here at the front after services just to get a quick head count, go over a couple of things, so please keep that in mind if you would. That's the college and career, the 20 to 40 age range up here right after services. These are all the new ones. Uh, next Sunday, uh, right after services, uh, there's going to be a meeting in the teen room of senior saints. That is age 50 and above, or if your spouse is 50 and above, uh, to talk about the upcoming trips. And man, are y'all gonna? Are we gonna have some serious trips this year? They're looking at the possibility of going to the Ark, uh, the Barn Dinner Theater, uh, the National Quartet Convention. Uh, I want to retire and go, <laughs> Amen. Uh, but uh, keep this in mind, if you would. That'll be right after services next Sunday. Uh, for a quick meeting to go over all of those possibilities and to start signing up. Next Monday, a week from tomorrow, uh, SAGBC will be taking part in our annual meet for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at Patrick Henry. Uh, we're fortunate, uh, as you all know, Mr. Nain, I serve on the board for that organization, the local board, and we're so fortunate that we have several local churches who help out in that capacity. Uh, we take care of it once a year. Uh, we'll be doing the food, and I'll be doing a quick little devotion with them. Uh, that we, we're, we're needing some folks who can help with soup, or desserts, you can bring it here to the church or you can bring it to the college uh, and we'll take care of it. The, 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 the event begins at 6, but we need everything there by 5.30. So if you can help out with the soup, dessert, whatever, uh, please see Miss Renee or Miss Susan. I will remind you these are college kids. Uh, in the last couple of times we've met, we've had about 75 of them. Um, and they eat. <laughs> As you understand, college kids eat. Uh, in fact, every time we've come back with empty plates, almost allowing them to lick the bowls they eat. So uh, if you could help us out, we're doing large crock pots of soup, grilled cheese, and dessert. Uh, I would certainly appreciate your help in that capacity. Then we've got all of our calendar of events coming up, including the first ladies' meeting, which is Thursday week uh, on February the 7th uh, here at the church. More details on that will be next week. Lots of information included on there. Uh, we will next week, Lord willing, have the final date for you for junior camp. I want to clarify this. Uh, uh, somebody please come help this poor sorry sinner coming up to the front of the church right here. Amen. <laughs> I've waited 17 years to do that, CWVI. Amen. 
Going on a smoke break, aren't you, buddy? Amen. Um, where was I? Amen. <clears throat> Somebody please come help this poor sorry sinner coming up to the front of the church. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, all right. Thank you for taking care of him, buddy. Let me go over, uh, real quickly, let me go over the ages for our junior camp and our teen conference junior camp are for those who will this summer be going into grades three through six. And then teen conference, the cost there is $100. It's Monday through Thursday. That includes everything, although most of the campers take about $20 in spending money with them. And then uh, the chaperones, the church covers that cost. And then uh, chaperones have to be 18 and above, by the way. No junior camp rules from Gospel Light. And then teen conference is, of course, July 15th through the 18th in Pigeon Forge. Brother C.T., uh, uh, his Arise Youth Conference, uh, Monday through Thursday. The conference ends Thursday night. We come back on Friday morning, so I'm actually going to change that to show 15th through the 19th since we come back on Friday, and that is $300 per person. We've got all other events that are listed in there. And then finally, just before the kids come up, I will call your attention to our new church sign fundraising campaign. I won't go through all the details that we went through last week, but thank you to those who have already pledged and those who have already given. I will answer one question. The question came in uh, last uh, this past week that if you... Fill out the form and submit your money immediately. Do you have to do a pledge? You don't have to do a pledge. What I'm hoping for uh, uh, is to pledge by everything by February the 24th, and then you've got till March the 31st to pay on that pledge. But if you pay immediately, that's counted as the pledge. Brother Scott, go ahead. Absolutely. That's what I was getting ready to say. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I still need you to complete the form uh, because that allows us to match up with record-keeping purposes and making sure that we put down correctly what you want for the little plaque that will be displayed out here. So please complete the form at the top as a pledge, even if you are submitting the money immediately. Somebody asked the question, do I have to submit the form one week and wait till later to pay? And the answer is no. You can do all of that at one time, or you can do what I I did. I submitted our pledge last week, and then we will pay before the due date. Whatever you'd like to do uh, and whatever you can help out with is much, much appreciated. And it all goes to a brand new sign out here. I did get asked what's the sign going to look like. It depends on how much money we get. Uh, our sign will be dep dependent upon the amount that we raise. If we get to that $30,000 amount, it'll be pretty spectacular. But we will go with whatever income we're able to bring in. All right. Let me get all the little ones up here. If you're heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, please make your way down this morning. If you're visiting, they're going to come around and collect loose change. This helps support our children's and ladies ministries here at the church. Come on, young folks.
everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church. Come on this morning. Ryder, Ryder, look right there beside you, buddy. Other side, other side. There you go, big guy. please. You be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and your offerings this morning. Josh, you come get ready to sing for us if you would. Thank you as always for your faithfulness to give to the Lord. Let's pray together and ask God's blessings upon the offering. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give back that with which you've blessed us. Lord, I pray your blessings now upon the offering. Brother Josh, as he sings, Lord, may your presence be felt in all that we do today. In the sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
victory. Amen. Let's stand together one more time for our fellowship song, page 143. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. We'll sing that first verse. Of course, have a time of fellowship, page 143. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Fellowship a while.
Amen. Joshua this morning, chapter number three, please. Joshua, chapter number three, if you would this morning. While you're turning, a couple more quick <clears throat> announcements. Sunday, February the 24th, during the Sunday school, we'll do a uh, wedding shower for Brianna and Travis. Where's Brianna? Brianna, what day are you actually getting married, honey? March the 2nd. And you all, you all are going off to get married. You kind of like eloping, aren't you? Brilliant, young lady. Brilliant, young lady. Uh, but uh, uh, you're going to get a list of things together for Mr. Nay as well, and we'll put that out. So uh, keep that in mind, if you would. Sunday, February the 24th, during the Sunday school hour. We appreciate that so very much. Joshua chapter 3 this morning. I want to, while you're turning, encourage you to be with us tonight. <clears throat> I'm so excited about the message I'm going to share with you tonight. It came from a, uh, a conversation via text mail that I've had for the last several weeks with my hero of the faith, Dr. Johnny Pope. Uh, anybody who hangs around me or listens to me any length of time knows that my favorite songwriter is... Kyler Rowland, and my favorite preacher is Dr. Johnny Pope, and uh, he is very brilliant in his application and ideology, uh, and so he and I have been texting back and forth about some prophecy things that he saw, uh, uh, and uh, he even mentioned a few things about our president, which I'll share with you tonight, and how that may fit into some things he was looking at. Uh, and how uh, the transition of the uh, of Israel uh, to, to to Jerusalem, uh, the site there, how that plays in. Uh, we'll look at the, for for the uh, embassy. We'll look at all of that this evening. Some really fascinating things that I want to bring to your attention tonight. So I encourage you to be with us this evening. Again, Joshua chapter three. Let's begin reading in verse number one. If you found your place, say Amen. Verse one. Joshua rose early in the morning. They removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. It came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. They commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenants of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits. And by the way, that's 3,000 feet, about a half a mile by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. They took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Jump down to verse 14, please. Came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come to Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heavy, upon a heap very far from the city of Adam. 
that is beside Zaratan, those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed. They were cut off. The people passed over right against Jericho. Verse 17. The priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground unto all the people were passed clean over. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today, and we're so thankful to be in your house. Lord, we are uh, 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 grateful for your presence here this morning. Lord, we know that when we come emptied of ourselves, ready to hear from heaven, you've promised us that you would fill us with your presence. So we ask you to do that today. Lord, I ask you now to bless the preaching of your word. I believe I've got the message that you've laid upon my heart. But all is vain, Lord, unless you empty me of self and fill me with your power that I might say exactly what you once said and say nothing that you don't want said. Lord, convict the lost if there's one here today. Draw us all closer to you so that when we walk out of here, uh, we will know that we've been to church. Thank you, Lord, for church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A buddy of mine sent me this this week in an email with a tagline. Pastor Greg, is this you and Miss Renee? So I began to read the joke, and it said a couple had just celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. While they were gathered together with friends and family, someone from the family came up and said, what is the secret of a successful marriage? You've been together 25 years. You obviously love each other. You get along. You still like each other. What is the secret of this marriage? The husband responded, oh, it's so easy. I married my perfect match. The man looked at him and said, what do you mean, sir? He said, well, you need to understand, my wife has a degree in speech communication. I have a degree in theater arts. The fellow looked at him and said, I don't understand. He said, it's very simple. She talks and talks and talks and talks, and I act like I'm listening. Amen. Amen. I need a ride home. Amen. Speaking of, don't forget the birthday celebration today at 2 o'clock downstairs, ladies. 2 o'clock downstairs, if you can be with us. Anytime between 2 and 5 or just come at 2. 2 o'clock, starting at 2 o'clock. We have been on Sunday evenings and Wednesdays. I started a few weeks ago or a couple of services ago a series of message about claiming spiritual victory. I submit to you this morning, as I said at the beginning of this series, God did not save us to be miserable. He didn't promise us that we wouldn't have trials, tribulations, difficulties, storms. In fact, he told us we'd have a bunch of them. But he did not save us to end up back in the muck and the mire and the pit that he brought us out of. Far too many believers today get saved. They get gloriously born again, but through the process of life, they end up back in the very same hog pit that God pulled them out of. That was never God's intention. So often what ends up happening is our enemy, once we get saved, knows that he cannot have our soul, uh, so he wants to rob us of what David says in Psalm 51, of the joy of our salvation. In fact, God says that he wants our life to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. But you understand that the enemy, the flesh, ourselves get in the way of preventing that from happening. You also understand that 
by typology, many scholars and especially songwriters look at the River Jordan as crossing over death, uh, getting to the other side. I'm not one of those who fall into that category uh, because I believe that Canaan represents not heaven, uh, but rather the spiritual life of blessing that is possible for every man, woman, boy, and girl who knows the Lord. Don't misunderstand me. There are incredible songs out there that look at Jordan as crossing over to death. That's fine. I love them. I sing them. But what I want you to look at this morning and to understand is that very often what is in front of us that the enemy, ourself, or our flesh puts in front of us is an obstacle that we've got to figure our way through in order to get to where God's going to bless us. I want to say that again so that you get it. Over there is God's promised land, a land that floweth with milk and honey. By that I mean it is God's best for your life. But then there are obstacles that we have to go over, around, and sometimes through in order to get to where God can do his best in our life. Would you amen me on this? I don't want to settle for God's second best. I don't want to settle for what could have been. I want to be the best that God can give me or do for me or bless through me because I know what it means to be blessed of God, and I like it. But I also know that sometimes the obstacles of my life are of my own making. I hope you'll say amen to that. Sometimes the obstacles that I have to circumvent, navigate through, are of my own creation. Sometimes they come from the enemy. And sometimes the Lord puts them there to remind us that he's still God. So we're going to look at those this morning. I'm giving you a message that I'm entitling, Getting Past Our Obstacles. Getting Past Our Obstacles. You understand, folks. That before these Israelites who have spent 40 years wandering in the desert, before they can get to Canaan, they got to go through Jordan. You know the first great walled city they're about to encounter. You'll see that in in the next chapter. It's that great walled city of what? Jericho. But before they can get to Jericho, they've got to go through Jordan. Now, most of the time, that's no big deal. Because Jordan, candidly, is not very deep. It's not very wide. It's not very big, except at one time. One time of year, harvest time. And harvest time of year is, quote, unquote, the rainy season. And at that time of year, uh, the River Jordan swells to the point where it's a mile wide and some 20 feet deep. Uh, In other words, in order to get through, let me pause a moment. It was no accident that God led them there at that time to experience this miracle. That was no coincidence, Uh, that was no circumstance, Uh, that was no accident. Uh, You see, had they crossed through the Jordan uh, when it was ankle deep, uh, everybody would have shouted, look what we've done. Uh, But in order to get through Jordan now, they got to depend upon the power of God so that they can say, look what our God has done. So now, they got to go through Jordan. How are they going to get there? Some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, preacher, 40 years ago, God already proved this when he took the Israelites through the sea, dried it up on either side, but wait a minute, all those folks are dead. None of those folks that experienced that, with the exception of Caleb and Joshua, everybody else is dead. In their minds, that's a story. That's my parents' testimony. That's my grandparents' testimony. We weren't there to see that. So now we got to experience God's miracle in our lives in order to possess the promised land. So let's look this morning at what God says has to happen. 
for these Israelites to cross through this obstacle. And I want everyone to understand this morning that whatever your obstacle is, the steps are still the same. My obstacle, your challenge, your storm, your circumstance, my trial, they differ from person to person and family to family, but the steps to get through them are all the same. Let's look at them quickly this morning. First thing scripture says is you got to listen and examine the message that's being given. You got to listen and examine the message. As they come to the banks of the River Jordan, I have no doubt that there were plenty of the two million Israelites who were saying, how do we get through this? What do we do now? God tells us to possess the land. Two and a half tribes over here already have their land. But all the other tribes over here, they've still got to get their land. How are we ever going to make this happen? There was a challenge given. Look at what the challenge says. Three things of that challenge. Verse number three gives us the first one. It says, they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Notice the first verb there is when you see. When you see. The implication there is that if you're going to get through this obstacle, if you're going to navigate your way through this trial, you've got to keep your eyes upon God. Here's how I've got it in my outline. We better watch God when the obstacles come. Far too many believers, when the trials come, when the tribulations come, when the obstacles are set in front of us, they take their eyes off of God. But I submit to you that the Ark of the Covenant represented for the Israelites the presence of God. So what the Israelites are told is you keep your eyes upon that Ark. When that Ark moves, you move. When that Ark stops, you stop. Keep your eyes transfixed upon the presence of God. Let's fast forward now. Thousands of years later, obstacles are still real uh, challenges are still there uh, but the first step is still the same when the obstacles come when the tribulations mount uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face the things of earth uh, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace watch God not only were they challenged to watch God they were also taught to follow God In that same verse, it's very clear. Uh, The commandment is very simple. When the ark moves, you move. When the ark stops, you stop. When the ark begins to move again, you move again. Here's how I have it written down in very simple terms in my outline. Number one, when the trials come, you got to watch God. Number two, you got to follow God. Do you understand? It is one thing to watch him off in a distance, but it is something altogether different to follow where he leads. Let's be clear this morning. Following God will not ever be the easiest thing, but it will be the best thing that you ever do this morning. If you ever are going to overcome the obstacles that our self, our flesh, and our enemy puts in front of us, we must keep our eyes upon God and we must follow God. He knows the way through the challenge. Number one, watch God. Number two, follow God. Number three, I love this. I have to tell you, I've preached on this passage probably half a dozen times and ashamed of the fact that I never realized this or never saw this. Watch God, follow God, but honor God. Honor God. We just read in verse number four that they are told to stay back 2,000 cubits. 2,000 cubits is 3,000 feet. That's a little more than half a mile. 
in my mind, I always thought, well, if you're going to keep your eye upon the Ark of the Covenant, uh, there's two million people. Uh, it's got to be far enough out ahead uh, so that you are far enough back uh, so that you could see that thing off in a distance. And I do think there is some aspect to it. But I also think that's a way of being reminded to the Israelites uh, that God is not, quote, unquote, the good old boy upstairs. Uh, he is a high, holy, reverent, righteous God uh, whose presence is transfixed there uh, in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, may I say to you, uh, God, help us to not ever be so familiar with God uh, that we forget about his holiness and his perfection. He deserves our reverence. It's the reason I get so frustrated. I, I have to tell you, one of the things that just grates my nerves uh, is when people think that God's last name is a four-letter word. Amen. May I say to you this morning, for all of us, God help us to have a rightful, respectful, reverential holiness to God. There was a challenge. Secondly, not only was there a challenge, there was also a command. They were told in the challenge, watch God, follow God, honor God. But now they're told what to do next. They're given a very specific commandment in verse number 5. Notice what Scripture says. Notice verse number 5. Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourself. Now there are a couple of aspects of this word here. And I want to dive into both of them. There's the first aspect, which is just prepare yourselves. Get yourself cleaned up. These people have literally been wilderness wandering for 40 years. I don't want to be gross. I don't want to be unkind. But you understand that there was not a shower on every street corner nor a porta potty on the side of the road. Amen. Let's be real, folks. I have a feeling that these were some pretty dirty, nasty, stanky people. They've been wandering in the heat of the desert for 40 years. Amen. My son is 22 years old. He will leave my dad's house, come over to our house. He's not there for 10 minutes till my wife says, have you brushed your teeth? Have you washed your face? Make yourself presentable. Come on, boy. Amen. 10 minutes he's over there. Mama's already hounding him. God help if he'd been wandering around for 40 years. Amen. I can imagine they didn't look too purty. They didn't have, quote-unquote, church clothes, if you will. But God's about to do something. God's about to bless them. God's about to show up miraculously like he did for the Egypt, in Egypt, uh, like he did when they crossed uh, through the Red Sea. God's about to do something special. Uh, and so in one sense, it is prepare yourself. Get yourself cleaned up. Get yourself presentable. But sanctify means something altogether different. Would you hear me? God doesn't do this for just anybody. Are you listening? God does this for his people. God does this for his Israelites. And so when he says sanctify yourselves, it literally means set aside yourselves. When we talk about sanctification, we're often talking about the things that were in regards to the tabernacle in the wilderness. Things that were only used for that occasion. They were special. They were sacred. They were to be honored. They were to be respected. Because they were different, they were unique. Would you look at me? That's God's commandment for his bride. I know it's not popular. I know it doesn't get a lot of amens. But God still expects his children to be different from the rest of the world. 
We're not supposed to act like a world. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're not supposed to talk like the world. We're not supposed to be like the world. we got to live in the world, but we don't have to be like the world. He tells us to sanctify ourselves. Why? Because God's about to do something special. Can I pause a moment and do an extrapolation that may not be popular today, but I believe I'm right? I hear people say, why does God not do uh, what he used to do? I can't help. You understand God ain't changed. He's the Lord thy God. He changes not. I can't help but wonder if it's not God who's not doing, but if it's not the people of God who aren't doing. Maybe the reason we don't see God doing what he did 40, 50, 30 years ago is perhaps we haven't sanctified ourselves to the point where God can work through us. Amen. There was a challenge. There was a command. Let me move on this morning. They were told to examine the message. And after they were told to examine the message, given that challenge, given that command, they were also told to expect a miracle. I'm going to be careful here. Because I don't want you to think I'm a prosperity preacher who believes that every time there's a substance or a problem or a trial, that God's going to popularly show up and remove it out of the way. He does not work like that. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are times when he does show up and move that problem right out of the way. But you know what I have experienced you know what, I, and I've, I've been blessed by that. I've walked that valley. I know what it's like to have an insurmountable obstacle, to take it over to God, and God divinely walk in and rip that right out of the way, and you stand back and say, good golly, Miss Molly, what a good God I serve. What I've also experienced is that more often than not, he doesn't rip the problem away. He just gives us strength to walk through it. Would you listen to me? That's as much of a miracle as ripping it out of your sight. Notice there was a problem. Verse 15 makes this problem very clear. They bear the ark, come to Jordan. The feet of the priests that bear the ark dipped in the brim of the water. And there's a divine parenthesis here. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Understanding that during the time of harvest, this problem that was insurmountable at any other time, no big deal any other time. Now seems an insurmountable odds. Let me give it to you another way. If God, hear me, if God had led them to this place three weeks earlier or three weeks later, been no problem. If God had said, led them to this place three weeks earlier or three weeks later, it would have been no problem. The only thing that would have happened was their ankles would have gotten wet. But God said, go here. Now, the Jordan's overflowing. It's a mile wide. It's some six to eight, in some places, 12 feet deep. And now two million men, women, boys and girls, livestock, obstacles, have got to make their way through this Jordan. River, an obstacle. They couldn't build a bridge. There was not enough time. They couldn't wait another three weeks because they had to follow the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and when the Ark moved, they had to move. So hear me, their only choice was to go through it. That's a powerful statement, church. Their only choice was to go through it. And pause a moment. In my flesh, when the obstacles come, here's my choice. God, please take this away. 
Here's my desire, God. Please remove this. I don't want to deal with this. Don't leave me hanging out on a limb. You're the same way. And I will again state, hallelujah, there are times when he does take that obstacle away. But then there are other times where he says, no, I brought you here. Can we let that sink a second? You're not here by accident. I brought you here so that you could go through it. I brought you here so that you could see how I work when you can't. I brought you here so that you could experience firsthand what it's like to see the power of God in action. So now, they're beginning to understand, I think the Israelites are, at least the leaders are. I'm sure there's some in the back who are saying, why don't we wait three weeks? Why don't we go north? Why don't we go south? Why do we have to go through the middle of the water? How do I know that? Because I pastor a Baptist church. Amen. Not only is there a problem, there was a plan. That plan is very simple as it's described in verse 15. When the feet of the priests dip in the ark of the water, you're to follow them. You know what this leads me to believe? And I love that, that it's sta- stated this way, that the priests dip their feet into the brim. <laughs> Somebody's testing the waters. I don't see anybody saying, I'll go first, I'll run, I'll go, I'll go. Nope. Somebody's going. Because if you're not careful, you're going to get sucked up like that. Now, I have no doubt that there were people in the background looking at the priests going, are they stupid? Have they lost their ever-loving minds? Uh, Look at that current. Uh, Look at the swell. You hear me? Somebody's got to have faith to step out and follow God. It is, listen now and say amen, my friendly Baptist church members. It is so easy to sit back in the background and criticize those who are taking a step of faith, but we only accomplish anything when we take a step of faith. Amen. So the priests follow the plan. Walk out into the water. I don't know about you, but I just assumed there'd be a priest go ahead of me. Amen. You go first. I'll pray for you. Amen. Oh, God bless him. Don't let him drown in Jesus' name. Amen. But do you know what happened? The problem, the plan, very quickly became a performance. Because verse 16 tells us the power of what happened. The waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city of Adam. That's beside Zaratan. If you've been here on Wednesday nights or the Sunday night, I passed this out. I gave you a little map that gave you the highlights of this. Let me explain it to you in very simple terms. This city that is being referenced is 20 miles north of where they're stepping. Would you take that for just a second and understand it? 20 miles north. God drives the water up. Why? Because there's 2 million people that got to get across. And I don't believe they're going in single file line. 
I don't believe they're going like little ducks in a row, one behind the other. This is a mass throng of people. And for 20 miles, uh, God stops the water this way. He stops the water that way. And just like happened to mama and daddy, we get to walk through now on dry ground. That was my, listen now, that was mama and daddy's testimony. Now it gets to be our testimony. I've heard all my life about what God did for mama and daddy. Now I can tell you what God did for me. Walking through on dry ground. Notice, number one this morning, we said they had to examine the message. We said they would expect a miracle. Please listen carefully to what I'm about to say. When they got to the other side, they were commanded to erect a memorial. They were commanded. They were told by, in fact, you're going to see, they were told to erect two. One on the other side, and one in the middle of the river. I, I, I have to tell you, for a long time, I always got the one that they did over here. Because everybody can see that. In fact, the Lord even references it when he says, when your children look at that and say, what mean these stones? You can talk about what God did. For the longest time, I never could figure out why they would need to erect one in the middle of the river. Nobody could see that. I think I got it figured out. Look with me, if you would, please, at chapter number 4. Go down to verse number 5. See the purpose of the memorial. Now let's go back to verse 1. It's all good. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1. It came to pass when all people were clean past over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every man, a tri every tribe of man, commanded ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priests' feet stood firm, twelve stones. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Everybody got that? One person from each tribe, that person grabs a stone out, not a little rock, but a boulder, if you will, something sizable, out of the middle of the Jordan where the priest's feet stood firm holding up the Ark of the Covenant. And when you get to the other side where I'm going to tell you to spend the night tonight, there you're going to erect a stone memorial. Why? Joshua called the 12 men. Verse 4, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, pass over. Before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, take up, take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. That's how we know this was not a little pebble. You don't put a little pebble on your shoulder. You put a boulder on your shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean these stones? You shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. It's a mouthful. God says, when you get over there, as you're passing through, make sure you grab a boulder Take it with you. When you get over here to the other side where you're going to stay the night tonight, erect a memorial of 12 stones. Five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, when you and your children or your grandchildren are walking by and they see this pile of rocks and say, what are these stones here for, Daddy? Why are these stones here, Grandma? What does this mean? You can look at them and say, let me tell you what God did for us. Let me remind you of how good God has been to us. Would you hear me, church? We need to erect some memorials in our lives, folks. 
I get it. I know it. We get the obstacles. We get the storms. We get the challenges. We get the battles. Uh, but we also serve a good God who takes us through the storms, uh, who takes us through the challenges, uh, who helps us overcome the battles. Uh, and it would do us good uh, to set up some stones over here uh, so that we tell our children uh, when they go through the same thing, uh, this is what your God can do. I'm afraid we've pretty much done the opposite. We've destroyed the memorials. Don't, don't throw your Bibles at me. We've destroyed the memorials by complaining about how bad things are instead of erecting memorials to give praise to God over how good God's been. I get that one. You, you, you. Here's what I wrote down in my outline. This memorial over here says we're over on this side because we had faith over here on this side. We had faith to step out into the Jordan and to follow God. He rescued us divinely. We created this as a way of saying our God is good. But what about the memorial that's right here in the middle of the river? Why would you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Last point this morning, go back into your text. Go back into your text if you would. <clears throat> Let's read verse number 8. Children of Israel did so. Joshua commanded, took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan. The Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, carried them over with him unto the place where they lodged and Lay them down there. Look at verse 9. Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan. In the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. I have to tell you, folks, for a long time, I didn't get this. I struggled with this. What? Why? Listen to me. This over here, this is a public memorial. This is one person from each of the 12 tribes representing the totality of the nation of Israel. This is them saying as a nation, look how good God has been to us. This one over here, this is just Joshua. There's no priests. There's no celebration. There's just Joshua. Twelve stones where the priest stood. Nobody else knew it was there. But God knew it. And Joshua knew it. You see, here's what I want you to get out of this. Praise the Lord for those memorials over there that everybody can see. But you know what I've come to realize? The memorials that I set up in my heart, those are the ones that mean the most. <laughs> what do you mean, preacher? <clears throat> I can't help but think, when Joshua came to this great walled city of Jericho and he does not know how to destroy it, he thinks to himself, there's a memorial at the bottom of the Jordan River that says, my God's good. When the battle of Ai happens uh, and the Israelites get defeated for the first time and Joshua throws his hands up and says, Lord, what's happening? I don't understand this. There's a memorial at the bottom of the Jordan River that says, my God's got it under control. 
And when the Joshua stands and has to execute one of his own tribesmen for his sin, and Joshua says, Lord, I can't do this. You're going to have to help me. There's a memorial at the bottom of the Jordan River that says, My God can fix it. I've shared with you many of my public memorials about what God did for me miraculously through my health, about how God has blessed our church and obstacles that we've overcome that I would never think possible. Those are things that I will broadcast till I've got dying breath in my body. I'll talk about, look at what God's done. But would you listen to me? I'm done, I promise. There are some things that I keep right here. God didn't do those over there. God did them right here and when my enemy comes and says you've messed it up now big guy you won't amount to nothing big guy I can go right here and pull out those memorials where I can look my enemy square in the eye and say my God did it then he can do it now What he did over there for me, he has not stopped working. He can do over here for me. May I say to you, erect the public memorials. But while you're crossing through the obstacles, erect a few heartfelt memorials so that when the enemy comes knocking on your door, you can be reminded that he's still the Lord your God and he ain't changed one little lick. Not one little lick. The obstacles of the Jordan were huge. But the promised land was even bigger. I'm done. Would you stand to your feet? Would you listen carefully while Brother Ken comes? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Nobody's looking. Some of you are facing significant obstacles right now. Some of you are facing that obstacle that seems insurmountable. You have asked God to take it away and for whatever reason he's chosen not to. It's very possible that like Joshua he has led you here for a very specific reason. He's got something to show you, and so he's brought you here. Nobody's looking. That describes, now there's folks who have already moved. I appreciate it. If that describes you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I would encourage you to step out right now. There are folks moving all over. Come on, right now. If there is an obstacle that seems insurmountable to you, why don't you come right now? Take it to the Lord. I'm going to ask you a second question. Again, no hands. There are some of you standing here for whom God has brought you through that obstacle. And you've got a memorial to celebrate him over. He's just been so good to you and blessed you in a way that you never thought possible so that you step back and say, only one can get credit for that's God. If that's you, Why don't you step out right now as well? Come on. Folks are coming from all direction. Come on. All over. Come on. Step out. Step out. If that's you, come on. Don't wait. 
Come on, right now, God's just been good, and you want to erect right here, right now, a private memorial uh, where you can stare the enemy down and say, you will not have my joy. Here's what my God can do. Brother Ken, sing for us this morning. Aren't you glad this morning he's still an obstacle overcoming God? Amen. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are still the God that overcomes obstacles. Lord, whether you take us around them, over them, or right through the middle through them, we praise you for that. Lord, there are folks who line this altar this morning with their own challenges, their own obstacles. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them this morning. That you'd use them to set up a memorial that you might get the glory in their lives. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Would you look this way? Come on up here, guys. Mike and Whitley have come to unite with our church. It's actually three of them who are united, amen, because there's baby to come as well. <laughs> I, you're gonna, I'm sorry, you're going to have to tell me your last name. More, I'm just going to call you Craig, and that would not be fair, would it? Amen. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, Mike and uh, uh, Whitley Martin have come to unite with it. Did I say it right? Amen. Do you have a name for the baby? Ans oh, I'm not going to tell you what he said. Amen. <laughs> Ansley. That's awesome. All right. All in favor, if you'll say aye. aye. Any opposed, come around and shake hands. Extend the right hand of fellowship to this new trio. Brother Ken, dismiss us in prayer if you would. Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful, Lord, for another time to be back in your house today. Thank you, God, for speaking through our pastor once again, Lord, and changing people's hearts this morning, God. And, Father, thank you for those places we have in our own hearts and our lives, God. We have resurrected some stones, Father, that reminds us of the things you have done for us, God, and how good you are. Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus. Father, thank you for the sweet couple coming to join with us today. God, may we be a blessing to them, them to us. And, Father, may we all just grow together and grow closer to you. Father, thank you for our church family. Lord, for those who are battling some tough situations, Lord, in the road in the days ahead, God, I pray, God, you just give them a grace for that, for that mile they have to walk. Father, be with Miss Marsha, Lord, her family. God, Johnny Martin also and his family, Lord, we pray, God, your blessings be upon them. God, just, just give them that extra measure of grace today. Lord, we sure do love you. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Young